Welcome to Wednesday post-game one of the NBA Finals edition of the Weekend Wire. We have a game to go over last night that, although it wasn't as close as maybe we thought it was going to be, it was still very exciting. Um, we haven't even spoken. I think the last time we spoke was right after the Game 5 Clippers-Suns, where there was some doubt if the Suns were going to be able to get out of that series, we both thought they would win in six, and that's what happened. Um, and then the Hawks-Bucks series we kind of thought was over by game three, and that ended up being pretty much right. So, um, And now we get this finals matchup between the Suns and Bucks, and we have a lot to go on uh, for game one and just talking about the X's and O's and sort of what, what went down last night. But before, I wanted to ask, do you think – Going into the conference finals, so you have your four teams. You have the Clippers, Suns, Bucks, and Hawks. Do you think that this is the best matchup we could have gotten out of those four, out of the combinations? Because I think it is, and I think we got pretty lucky. Uh, well, it depends on the injuries, right? Uh, I think that if Kawhi is healthy, then I'm like would have rather seen that. Like that would have been the most high quality finals, I think. Um, but with the current situation of the teams, and I didn't really think Kawhi was all that likely to come back, uh, I think this is probably the best final that we could have gotten. Yeah. Um, Atlanta, I just don't think has enough options to kind of go at this Phoenix defense. I think they would have struggled. Um, but yeah, the Bucks are the Bucks are good, and, and I mean Phoenix is. The score looked like we didn't struggle yesterday, but I thought we struggled at times, uh, especially defensively. So we'll get into it. But, yeah, I, I would agree with that, with, with the current situation of, of how the teams are, are injured and all that. Yeah. yeah, I think if you had fully healthy Kawhi, Clippers-Bucks would be pretty good. Um, Clippers-Nets would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Nets part of this is just, I think, the thing that's looming over this entire playoffs where it's just like, you would think that they are clearly the best team if, if everyone's healthy. Um, but yeah, I, I think Atlanta, Atlanta Clippers might've been fun just because they would have had some guys to attack. I think like the pick and roll stuff that Atlanta has might've had some, might've given the Clippers some problems, but I do think that Kawhi. I think the Clippers could have just gone small. Yeah. Kawhi and PG probably eat that up, I think eventually. And, um, I think Phoenix being a part of it is definitely like if you had if you were to draft the four teams, you'd probably pick Phoenix first in your potential matchup, and then the Bucks are just you know everything that comes with it, the Giannis, and I just I, the, the more bud we get, the more happier I'll be. Like that, <laughs> that's part of it too. So yeah, let, let's talk about Game One um, last night. We get so there was a lot of questions going in this game about how you know how the Bucks are going to defend all these pick and rolls, all the creative stuff that Phoenix does to get CP3 and Booker going. Um, and they start off switching um, at first and Lopez is meeting CP3 pretty high and you would think that's a good thing. And eventually they figured it out and we'll talk about that. Uh, they put PJ Tucker on CP3 to start. what do you think of that decision? Because that was not something that I saw coming and I don't think a lot of people saw coming. Uh, I think it makes a little bit more sense because you probably want Drew on Booker. I think that matchup makes sense. Um, and then it's sort of a choice between Middleton and PJ. And I think that Middleton is probably a little bit more apt uh, to be a little bit more off ball. I think PJ is going to have a little bit easier time getting around the screens. Although if they continue switching, then I guess that doesn't matter. Um, so I, I think that that wasn't a wrong decision. I, I just don't know what the, like, it's tough to say what the right decision would have been because if you put Drew on CP3, then you run into the problem with Booker. And I, I think that Booker is okay facing PJ or uh, Middleton. I, I think Book would much rather have that because I think you saw Book, um, you saw Trey doing a lot of it too, just trying to call as many screens as possible to get Drew off of him as fast as possible. Yeah. I think, I think that there's a, there's something to be said that if you do put Drew on CP3, you're kind of cutting off the head of the snake a little bit where yeah. that's that can be effective. But I, I, I think Book would be a harder task for anyone else to defend. Um, and that's kind of what the Suns team is sort of about. It's it's they, There really is no good answer for, to what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've saw, like, 
Bud for once try a bunch of different stuff in this game, um, and I, I liked that. It made I think it made it a lot more fun to watch, despite the fact that I think Phoenix ended up winning by you know whatever it was. Yeah, it's like it's in the ten to fifteen range. Um, yeah, thirteen. Despite them being up by that much for a lot of this game, it just it seems pretty interesting because the way that the way that Bud was sort of trying all the stuff out on the fly, which is not something we really do. That's something more of like more out of the Ty Lue mold or, um, you know, coaches that make these quick in-game, in-game adjustments that's sort of like not really something that Bud was ever doing. And, and, and the fact that he tried it, I think, means that we're going to get some more interesting stuff in game two and beyond. But um, Giannis, the story all day yesterday was was him. He gets He starts at doubtful, then he gets questionable. Um, and then it's a game time decision up until I think like an hour before the game. And then they say they will play. He will play. He looks pretty good going through the shoot around pregame stuff. Um, I thought he looked, I thought he looked better than I thought he would look given the fact that um, when he went down with that injury, my initial reaction was that, Oh, it doesn't look that bad. Also it's Giannis. He'll be okay. But then he's like me watching that in the moment, the, when he stayed yeah. on the ground as long as he did, I was like, oh, this is not good. But the, that whole thing was weird because he, he goes to the locker room and then he comes back in like two minutes. He's yeah. standing on the bench. And then once the game was out of hand, I feel like they told him just like go get treatment or whatever. And he was like, all right. But um, pretty weird sequence of events here. Um, com- I mean, when you compare it to what Kawhi was going through, it's so much better to deal with, I'm sure. Where if you're. Yeah. If you're like part of the Bucks, where you know Giannis is going to be like transparent and like you know that he wants to go, whether Kawhi, yeah. whose interests are you really serving here? I, it's right. I don't think it'd be to- I don't think it can be talked about enough. But um, yeah, how did you think Giannis looked? Um, I, I think defensively his lateral movement was like pretty like not great. I don't think it was anywhere near like Davis coming off the groin injury when he played in game six looked pretty awful. And I think like everyone in that game could tell that he could not move quickly laterally at all. And the Suns were taking advantage of that in that game. Um, but you know, just looked a lot better than that, but um, there were still some, some times where he was a step slow, but offensively, I mean, he was still his dominant self for stretches of this game and the, the chase down block that he had that was talked about for a good five minutes on the broadcast was awesome. Um, how did you think he looked and how do you think the Suns sort of dealt with him? Yeah, I thought he looked a lot less injured than I thought he would be uh, first game come back. Uh, he looks, I mean, like you said, you know, maybe a step slow here and there, um, which you'd expect, maybe a little bit of game rust as well. He hasn't played in, in over a week now, I think it is. Um, but overall, uh, I thought he looked really, really solid offensively. They were getting him into more of like post situation, more on the wings. I thought that was really good. Um, I thought, you know, Aiton struggled a little bit because it, it sort of felt like Aiton was was kind of guessing, like if he guessed right on where Giannis wanted to go, then he'd get to the spot and he'd get, you know, he'd make it at least a more difficult shot. Um, but if he guessed wrong, then Giannis just blows by him because because Giannis is just so much quicker uh, laterally than Aiton, even on the, maybe a slightly injured knee. Um, so that was, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest concern for us defensively is how do we kind of limit Giannis as he grows more and more comfortable throughout the series. Um, I thought he looked pretty good in terms of the decisions that he was making. Uh, he hit, I think, one of those like little mid-range fade uh, fadeaways too. So. If that's going in, that's kind of a problem for us as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like what I saw out of him. You know, if I'm a Milwaukee fan, I feel really encouraged uh, because I think he's going to be, uh, you know, as the season or as the series goes on, he's going to look better and better. And, and when they did go small towards the end, uh, they look really, really good, and they kind of closed up the gap there a little bit as well. Yeah, um, I think what you said about the Aiton being slower regardless of what Giannis is like I think I think if you were to put a number on what Giannis looked like last night you'd say probably 80 85 percent which was yeah. I, I thought I, I probably would have put it as 60 as to like what I was expecting and I really thought if it if he was playing like a little bit more injured that it would actually hurt the Bucks potentially where he's not someone that like when Harden comes back from his injury um in in that game five I think it was clear that like it was still good to have him out there because the passing 
and he still, you know, he didn't shoot great in those final three games, but I think like the threat, of, threat. yeah, the, the space yeah. part of it, it, it just made more sense. And he, I actually thought he played pretty good defensively in some of those games. Um, and Giannis certainly is going to do that for you. So, um, he looked a lot better than I could have expected. And I'm, I'm glad that he played, um, I, I will say that I, I thought it's honestly almost better that he was kind of injured so that like Bud was kind of forced to play him closer to the basket. Like he couldn't rely on playing him up top, having him bring the ball up as much. Yeah. Where he's you know saying, yeah. Floor, which is not really what you want. I, yeah. So. <laughs> so I don't know if that was like a product of the injury or if Bud's just learning. <laughs> um, maybe Bud, maybe Bud just learned something for once. I don't really know. Um, but so the switches that Milwaukee was doing, um, eventually Booker and CP3 are going to pretty much figure out anything that you throw at them. Um, and Booker was able to figure figure this out where he's getting to the rim pretty easily, at least in the first half. Um, and he, he didn't, she didn't play great in this game. He, he was eight for 21, one for seven from three, but he, got, he made that up. He was 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Um, and was really aggressive in getting to getting to the rim, honestly. And um, and Aiden was punishing the switches a little bit. He finished with uh, 22 and 19. I think he shot like eight of 10. He was just his dominant self that we've seen. Um, pretty one of the best games he's had in the playoffs uh, last night. So um, the Bucks, yeah, the switching the switching stuff worked until it didn't work. Um, and then Sarge goes down. Um, and we found out today that he tours ACL, so he's going to be out for, you know, probably a year. So, um, and I mean, the NBA is keeping their schedule like it is now, but um, so if the Suns do make it back to the finals, I guess he could be back for that. But um, that he he's going to be out for a long time, and that sort of forced um, Kaminsky to come to the game and Teague to come to the game just because Bud was playing him. Um, and then you get, you, you put on Twitter, the meme, the look at us meme with Paul Rudd and the, the hot ones um, where it's, it's pretty clear that like neither of these guys ideally should be playing in a finals game. And the bucks really have, uh, you think of the bucks bench right now. It's, it's basically it's Teague Portis um, orbs and Connaughton. Yeah. And that's it. Pretty much. Yeah, so, it's not ideal. It's not great. Um, and so they're forced to play some of these guys. And uh, I, I don't know. I, the Sar- What do you think – how do you think the Sarich injury just in a vacuum is going to – like it, do you think Kaminsky can hold up at all? Are they going to just put Brooke Lopez in there when Kaminsky's playing just – like try to dominate him down low or yeah i i think you gotta like manage to avoid putting kaminsky out there when lopez is out there um i think that you gotta i guess you gotta try and go small but i mean if the if the bucks like supersize like they like can do i don't know how long you can really play small for either um so i think it comes down to Aiton playing like massive massive minutes like we're talking like 40 42 yeah, um, depending on game situation, maybe thirty nine last night. Yeah, um, a lot for for a center, and yeah, especially someone who is you know this is his first finals game. This is not it's not like this is a guy who's been who's been there before. Um, and you know he's had a great playoff run, but thirty nine minutes is a lot on a seven footer. Um, and and I, he runs the floor too. So. Yeah, well, Van Gundy said on the broadcast he does the three R's, which is rebounding, rolling, and rim run, rim running, which I thought was <laughs> yeah. awesome. I've never heard that before. Um, yeah. And yeah, Aiden Aiden's super active for even like those standards of where we've gotten to in the NBA, where he's just he's he has that constant motor and he's constantly fighting for rebounds and stuff like that. So it does the the minutes that he's playing are definitely high energy, high effort. Um, and the Suns, I think the Suns might have to get creative with the way they're resting him. Um, if they're like, yeah. they're strategically using, it's like the stuff that we've seen with LeBron in years past where they're using those commercial breaks strategically, the reviews, just kind of like like any any second they can muster because I, I do think, yeah, what you said about the Bucks going supersize, if, if the Suns counter to, if the Suns are like, we're just not going to play Kaminsky because we know he's going to get killed. Um, yeah. And they're going to this like, lineup where it's, you know, Crowder at the five and Cam Johnson at the four and things like that. And when Aiden's not out there and then the, the 
Bucks are just going to say, okay, we're going to do Tucker, Giannis, Lopez, or, or Giannis, yeah. Portis, Lopez, or some combination of those three guys um, out there, or three of those four out there at the same time where they're going to get a ton of offensive rebounds and just really punish you. Um, so I think that's – I think that's is where the danger is going to be for the Suns moving forward, where Aiton has shown this great ability to not get in foul trouble. And I was, I was wrong about that. Um, in round in previous rounds, I said that it would be a problem against Jokic and it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this before, but he's, he's learned to just play straight up and use the verticality. Um, and it, it's worked pretty well. I think that's, I think that's harder to do against guys like Giannis where he's just coming <laughs> full force, um, full speed. And, I don't really know how many fouls Aiden had last night, but it, it definitely wasn't a problem to where they had to like take him out of the game for some stretches. It seemed like if I, I might have like two, yeah. maybe. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love I, to. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think you saw that if Aiden's capable of playing those forty plus minutes, I think the Suns will be just fine. It's just a matter of can he do it. Um, and there, I think the Bucks have probably bigger problems than the Suns do. With which I think it, most of this is just going to come back to the pick and roll stuff, to where the CP3 and Booker are just going to be able to solve everything you're throwing at them. Um, but yeah, I think I think if if you were to find a, a potential point that the the Bucks could really take advantage of, that's that's where you would get it. Is 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 when. Win eight and sits, the Bucks are going to have to win those minutes and probably win them by a lot to have a chance to win this series. So, um, yeah, it's crazy how much of the series can like really be boiled down into like that pick and roll stuff and then that like the effect of that pick and roll stuff on the rotations for both sides. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an entire series made just like I mean, decided we, on just that. Backup <laughs> stuff to side playoff series before 2019. Philly, Toronto, where Embiid's – they played one minute without him in game seven, and it, the team was like a minus 12 or something. Like, like it, there, there's – we've seen this before. Um, and that's – as these playoff rotations gets tighter, you're, it's, it sort of becomes more about attacking your weak links, and you're not even like – it's almost like you're not even playing to your strengths anymore. You're just attacking whatever is weak on the other team. Um, yeah, you, I mean, we ISO'd – like CP3 and Booker constantly on like whenever Lopez was switched on. Yeah, that's and not how we play basketball normally. So they're attacking yeah. out when he's out there. It's Connaughton. It's it's those guys. Um, and that that's what you're gonna continue to see. Do Do you think the so the Suns had a couple extra days of rest compared to the Bucks coming in? Um, and I think that sort of became a factor in the third quarter, but then the Bucks were sort of able to hit some threes and come back in that game. Um, I, I do think the Suns were being smart about it, where they were using a lot of ball movement and stuff to get the Bucks just in rotation, where it's like you're having to change directions constantly. Um, and then Bud Bud goes drop for some of that, and, and CP3, that's when CP3 really starts to get rolling, and he has that amazing third quarter where it just seems like he's hitting everything. He's... He's dancing on Lopez and, and Portis and those guys, and that, that was really – Portis, like, lost on one of those. Like, Portis had no idea what CP3 was. Yeah, like, CP3 is doing dribble moves like it's 2008, and, and it wasn't even – it wasn't even, like, what – I thought it was different than what we saw in Game 6 of the conference finals, where Game 6 it was just, like, he was just attacking the rim and, and just being, like, like full force. This was more of, like, a, like an artistry thing where he he's – like, he had his – He's he knows that Portis has no idea what he's doing, and he's just gonna dribble around him until he gets the mid range shot that he wants. Um, so let's let's talk about the Giannis at the five lineup that the Bucks had some success with to come back in this game. This is this is the this is the lineup that they had. It was um, it was Drew, um, Forbes, Middleton, PJ, um, and Giannis. Yeah, PJ and Giannis. Yeah, because Connaughton and, and Forbes weren't out there at the same time. So, yeah, PJ and Giannis. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, do you think that that could be a problem for the Suns? The Suns were able to – were sort of able to figure that out and, and regain the lead to, to like, a more time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Think uh, that could hurt them in game two would be I, I think yeah, Bud will probably go to that a little bit uh, more early and more often because uh, I thought that was like the first thing that really seemed to kind of slow down what what Phoenix wanted to run, and it really took some time to kind of figure out how we wanted to attack it. Um, I think that probably gives them the most versatility in terms of what they want to do on pick and roll coverages. That gives them the most versatility to just straight switch everything if they want to, because there's no real weak link, maybe other than, I guess, going Forbes or Connaughton, one of those two um, could be counted as a weak link, but uh, there's no one really to attack um, like when Portis was on the floor and when Brook Lopez was on the floor, it just felt like every single play was just at them, somehow get them switched on to, to CP3 or Book. Um, so I think that probably is Milwaukee's like best lineup, best chance yeah. um, to kind of like, you know, really like win those minutes, hammer those minutes in, um, especially if um, it's not CP3 and Booker playing. If it's any combination of Booker and Payne or CP3 and Payne, uh, I think those minutes, if they go small, they can really just hammer down, uh, hammer down the Suns because like we kind of struggle anyways with the offense when one of CP3 or Book is off, um, and if they go small during that stretch too, like I, I just don't don't know. Uh, it makes it harder for Aiton to get going as well, um, you know. So I, I don't know. It, it's that's concerning. That that was probably the part that like concerned me the most and. Yeah, I thought at first it was like, oh, like that's a little complacency with the big lead, but like, I mean, it has more to do with the lineup than it was the the lead. They did hit the the Bucks did hit a couple of threes in that the, the time that they were going small, um, and that that's but, but you got to expect that, right? Like that's yeah, gonna that's happen. Point that's sort of the point. Um, their offense is going to get better, and I think I think their offense more than their defense was really the problem in this game. I don't think you could fault them for like trying a bunch of stuff defensively and like yeah against booker and paul i think there's only so much you can do um and, and drew the holiday had a pretty bad game um yeah and, and we've seen that a lot in the playoffs where he's just been sort of underwhelming um other than that that game six of the east finals he was great um but he he's sort of been super up and down and most of the time it's been down um do you think that is is there an answer that the Bucks could have for you know Aiden Aiden Paul pick and roll or Booker pick and roll or any of the stuff the stuff that the Suns do with Booker and Paul with the with the screens because um, I honestly don't think there is I think that they're always going to figure it out unless they yeah. unless own or something like that where I'm not seeing it and I, I don't I think it's the Suns that's kind of dangerous because well pick the Suns kind of the zone kind of worked for the Clippers at times. It, um, I, I thought it kind of threw us off. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, you can't go to that consistently. Um, and, and I thought CP3 kind of figured that out towards the end. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, as uh, I think Nikias was the one that I think I saw that, that tweeted it or maybe wrote it. Um, but you kind of just have to, like, bury coverages. Um, mm-hmm. You just kind of have to keep on throwing different stuff at them. Um, you know, not even just through the course of like, you know, quarters, but like literally from like possession to possession, maybe yeah. kind of trying to change things up, uh, trying to give them different looks um, as much as you can, at least. Um, and again, I, I think that's where like when they go small, they can kind of afford to do that. When they go big with Lopez or Portis on the floor, you're kind of stuck to you can only really play drop or because if you switch, you know, they're just going to attack the switch. They love that switch. Um, if you play drop, then CP3 has, you know, the ability to just go up over Brook doesn't have that kind of lateral movement to cover it. Um, whereas if you go small and Giannis is the one that has to move laterally, it's a little bit tougher for CP3 to get that shot off um, or Booker to get that shot off. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's not really too much you can do defensively other than kind of hope that these guys miss some of these shots. But if you keep on varying, at least it kind of keeps – CP3 yeah. off rhythm, because um, I mean, once he figures it out, like you saw, I think everyone saw in that third quarter, like he figured it out and he just hammers it and he can just take a game away from you in what, like four or five minutes it was maybe. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Especially when he's hitting the threes. I mean, that that's yeah. Because if he has a three and the mid range, it's really hard to stop. And this is, it's been hard on the Bucks, you know, the the pick and roll stuff because you go from you go from 
focusing everything on someone like Trey, where it's it's like the the he's he wants the three and he wants the floater, and then you go to Chris Paul, who is sort of the opposite of that, where he's like the first thing he's going for is the mid range, and then like the second thing would be like like all the way to the rim. Um, yeah. And it's it's very different to what to what you were getting from with Trey Young. Um, and I, I think they're going to be able to do a little bit better of it in the series, but I also think that Booker is not going to shoot one for seven every game. Um, and even Jay Crowder was, I think, O of eight. O for five. O for eight total. O for five from three. Yeah. Five from three. Yeah. Um, but Bridges was, Bridges was average, I'd say. Um, and then Aiden was but great. Like you can get that from Bridges every game. Yeah. Like the, the Bridges is like, pretty baseline. I feel like he's good for like 10 to like 10 to 15 points and good defense and all everything that comes with it. So um, the Bucks, you know, they shot pretty great from three in this game. Um, and the Suns were 11 of 34, which is not awful. Um, but not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not terrible, but it's, 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 you know, you would expect them to do a little better. Um, but yeah, I think overall this game went pretty went kind of the way i thought it would in terms of like the suns taking it at home and being up by by how much they were at half um I, the one thing i didn't expect really was was Giannis looking as good as he did and um i i think i i didn't think ayton was gonna go 22 and 19 i thought it would be more of like a 16 and 10 type game for him but he he beat my expectations the suns are now 12 and 0 in the playoffs when leading by 10 or more. Um, that's a pretty insane number there, considering how you know how quickly we've seen these leads evaporated, especially by the Sixers and teams like that, where you know no lead has really been safe. Um, and I think the the Bucks lost the the points in the paint battle. If they're going to have any chance in the series, that's something they're going to have to win. But they shot really badly at the rim. They did, yes. Yeah. They, they missed they missed a lot of easier shots. Um and yeah. and that's definitely a way that they can get back in this. Um at the beginning of the series I said Suns in five. I <sighs> it may be closer than that. Yeah. I think it's gonna be Suns in six. It's going intentionally in six. there. Um Okay. I think I think if you're a Milwaukee fan, you're you don't feel terrible about this loss. I think they're like usually when the Bucks lose, it's some like bizarre coaching or like some collapse. <laughs> or this is just kind of like they just played bad. Um, they didn't shoot. Well yeah, and Drew was terrible. Um, I thought Middleton they didn't get some foul calls. I thought like yeah, like free throws really hurt them. Definitely had like there was there were a lot of plays where Middleton was just getting bumped on the drives and there's no call and and that's. You know it's going to happen for the home team a decent amount, so you don't you're not really shocked by that. And I think the the whistle that the, the Suns got at the end of the Clippers series was pretty bad, especially in game yeah six and like they were trying to extend that one. <laughs> so I think they kind of deserve to be on the winning side in game one. Um, but how how are you feeling about this series after from a Suns fan perspective after winning taking game one? And from a fan perspective, I can't complain, right? Uh, I think we saw pretty much everything that we wanted to see in that first game. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't think that we played the best that we could have. I thought there were some things defensively that we can kind of do better on. Um, you know, and a lot of it is just kind of individual defense sometimes. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, we didn't shoot the ball great, like you said. And if we start shooting the ball a little bit better, uh, then I, I don't think what we did today – or yesterday rather, was, uh, you know, something that was an anomaly. I think that's, you know, the performance that we're capable of. It's a really solid team all the way through. Um, CP3 can, can continue to do this. I'm not worried about him. You know, he's been consistent. Uh, like you said, Booker can play better. And uh, I think Aiton, uh, you know, we've been a lot more aggressive in kind of trying to feed Aiton, especially early on in the games, uh, trying to open up the paint. Um, to, to then open up the outside shooters a little bit more. And I think it, it's been working, you know, and you saw it kind of towards the end of the Clippers series. And game six, we really, really tried to go to Aiden as much as possible, and it worked. And you saw it in game one as well in the first half. They really, really tried to go to Aiden, um, get him going early. And, yeah, I mean, it, I, I feel good. You know, I feel really good. Suns in six. I could maybe see Suns in five, but I think we can take this in six games. I think game two is – 
fairly important for us. I'd like to, you know, get out of Phoenix 2-0, um, but I don't think it's like a make or break kind of deal. Um, you know, I still feel pretty comfortable with this team, like away or home. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think having CP3 in there to like calm the all the situations is sort of. I, I yeah. think the, the team can win on the road. Um, yeah, and. We, we've seen that before. So uh, uh, we closed out three series on the road. Yeah. So. yeah. Not like, too worried. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is, uh, this has the potential to be an awesome finals. Um, yeah. There's, there's, I saw an article that ESPN did where it, it was every five years we get an amazing finals. Um, <laughs> and this would, if you go back to 2016, if you go back to yeah. 2011, if you go back to 2006, which I think is, is a little overrated. Um, uh, and then we were two, young. <laughs> one, if you're just doing game one, was awesome. And then the rest is. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> 1996, you get Bulls over Sonics four two. Yeah. You know, I think the Sonics were up two one, so it was kind of kind of interesting. 1991, Jordan's first championship, and then uh, that was pretty cool. I'm not sure. I remember. I think the Celtics beat the Rockets. Six would have been Celtics. Yeah, Celtics Rockets, and then it wouldn't have been Rockets. What was it really? The Rockets here? Dude, Rockets are the Lakers, but I think the Lakers were 87, were they not? You might be right. I can't remember how far back. Celtics Rockets, Celtics Rockets was 81, which is the five years before that. So okay. I don't know. I would have to look. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So that's – but, you know, whether you believe in that or not, I think that the, the best finals that we've had in the past five years was obviously 2016. And – I thought that that you know I didn't think 2020 was great. Um, yeah, 2020 was it had moments, but it wasn't pretty great. over after game one, which is just yeah not the thing that I'm getting from this at all, and that was mostly due to the injuries and like. Yeah. But 2019 had some very entertaining moments for sure, yeah. um, and a lot of that game, again. game two was awesome. Game five was awesome. Game six was pretty good um, for what we got. Um, you know, 2018 was pretty horrible outside of game one. Um, and 2017, I thought, was, like, pretty entertaining, honestly, just because of, like, the spectacle of all of it with, like, yeah. as far as, like, star power, like, 2017 was, like, pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah. But, you know, ultimately, you knew how that was going to end. So, um, as far as, like, intrigue goes, I think that, like, this series and really 20, 2016, 2019 are – or the best you've you've had out of those out of those and yeah in the past few years yeah we really, we both of us thought the Heat were going to win twenty twenty but the injuries just decimated them so and yeah and hopefully that's not what happens here um, but well, yeah we, we should be- we've looked okay so far you know with Giannis coming back uh, Divincenzo is obviously a big miss for them. Yeah, Divincenzo really. Just like, if they had Divincenzo in there. The the small ball lineup would be like awesome, uh, potentially because yeah. there would be no one to attack, and he's like not. He's just like a slightly worse shooter than Forbes and Connaughton. Maybe even better. Yeah, I'd rather take the defense. Yeah. Yeah, you take the defense um, and the switchability and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. Well, we are gonna talk. We should. We should definitely talk about the CP3 game six in the conference finals. Cause that was just ridiculous. Um, I'll read out. <laughs> he, so LA goes on a 10 0 run to cut it to seven. CP three then starts attacking the rim. Like it's, you know, 2008 it's, it's ridiculous. He gets to the rim like pretty much whenever he wants. He, he goes seven for eight from three in this game, zero turnovers. He had 31 points in the second half. Um, he had a, a personal 11-0 run, um, and that's kind of it. Uh, he scored. He goes for 41 on 6 of 20, 16 of 24 shooting, and then Beverly pushes him to the ground after that, which was crazy to see. <laughs> that happened, and nothing really like. There's no fight, which I guess smart if you're like, like imagine like there's a fight and then like. Booker is suspended for game one of the finals. Like or like something like yeah. that. Like that would totally that would be like Sun's textbook right there. Like honestly. Yeah. That <laughs> or Aiden. Aiden would be the more likely, I feel like. Yeah, Aiden, like 
after Aiden kept us cool with the Beverly when Beverly like was making fun of CP3. Yeah, back was hurt. I was like, okay, Aiden might not be like wired the the like crazy. <laughs> and I'm still kind of holding control. the Bobby Portis Jay Crowder altercation that hopefully is coming. Um, there, there's something. Well, we never really saw between Crowder and Morris. Yeah, which was well, it wasn't a shame for us, but like I don't know with Portis, like they're already sick of Jay, and like even Drew was like sick of Jay in Game One. Yeah. So I feel like it's coming. Okay. Yeah. I can see it in like game five. Yeah. Especially if this series starts getting out of control. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, one of the best games Chris Paul we've ever seen played. Do you have any any parting thoughts about like this Clippers team and the run that they went on and you know, like what they look like for the future? Because I I was I was really entertained by that that series. Okay. I didn't go into it with a lot of expectations, and I thought it was way closer than like the blowout game six that we saw. Um, and I thought the Clippers like really had a chance to win if, if some things went their way, um, and if they just hit like one or two more shots um, in some of those games. So Reggie, amazing, just yeah. strategy stuff. How do you think they're going to look like next year and beyond? I mean, first of all, like, yeah, I thought their, their series against the Jazz was incredible um, with or without Kawhi. Um, I thought the series against Phoenix is a neutral. Like, I mean, how much more can you ask for? Like, Booker and PG dueling game one, PG taking over game five, CP3 taking over game six. You got to throw in the value in there, too. Like, that was just an insane series for, for a neutral. Um, as far as looking forward, um, I, I think you feel good about this group. Uh, you hope that you can re-sign Reggie. Um, you know, I think I think there's more of a chance that you resign Reggie or that they resign Reggie than uh, you would think because I, I think he might just kind of stick with the loyalty route of like he has gotten paid in the past. Um, you know, uh, Paul George and him are very very close, and you saw the emotions coming out in his post game interview. So, you know, like obviously this team and this city means a lot to him. So, uh, you know, hopefully you can keep him and, you know, as long as Kawhi comes back uh, next year and, and is feeling good next year, which, yeah, I mean, that, that's probably the biggest question mark at this point. But uh, you feel good about the rest of that team, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think the cool I would I would say like 70 percent Kawhi stays just because I think like the like the way he like wanted to be in L.A. Yeah, I just don't like where would he go? Yeah, just like, the location of it all. And when you look at his options, yeah. there's not like, I don't know. There's not like that clear, like, number one no. plan to go. And I just think he's, like, happy where he's at now. Yeah. Um, and, like, they put a good team around him. Like, they, it's, it's probably the perfect team that you could put around Kawhi and Bill George um, with the amount of shooting that they have. And, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. There, there's some guys that, you know, may maybe come back, maybe don't, um, you know, but. I think for the most part, I, I think they'll want to run it back, right? Like if you're one of those role oh, players, yeah. like you can, there's no reason. Back and you have the small ball thing going with Kawhi in there instead of like, yeah, the, feel great about that. I think oh, it's gonna yeah. be hard for them to keep Reggie just because his agency stock is gonna be insane. Um, and if the, if the Knicks offer him some absurd contract, he might just take it. So, I, I, they might. Yeah, and. You know, who knows? But I, there was a lot to like from them. Um, and then Eastern Conference Finals, meh. You know, like it, it seemed like it was yeah. really good after Game One, um, which was super exciting. But it's probably the best game we got, right? I mean, yeah, it was the best game of the series for sure. And yeah. Bogdanovich, I think Game Four was like maybe like a, a decent candidate for that. Uh, Bogdanovich like really came back and he didn't seem too bothered by the injury. And after game four was kind of like, what's going to happen. And then game five, you get the, you get the conference finals game with the least star power of ever. And I, I looked at this. Ever? Yeah. There's ever? No, I challenge you to find a conference finals game with like, like less stars than this one because Brooke Lopez was probably 
like, it, I mean, Brook Lopez played the best of any player in this game, but, like, as far as, like, top talent goes, like, Middleton was the best player, like, yeah, in the game. I'm sure one of those early 2000s matchups, you can find one with, like, less star power. Like, a New Jersey versus, I don't know. But like New Jersey, Boston, I think it was. But like kids better than Middleton, you know? Like Okay, yeah. Uh, Paul Pierce, I guess, on the other side too. Best guy in the game. Yes. I With Middleton. Find another. I don't. Uh, okay, yeah. God. That's tough. That is tough. New York? The, what about 99? 1999 might be the one. Ewing was injured for that one, right? Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, that might be the one, but I, I don't know who they played. They played Indiana, so that had Reggie. So yep. Damn it. <laughs> that, was, that was really good because I was thinking about who they played. I was like, shit, did they play like – because they beat Miami, the 1-8, and I was like, wait, who was left? But it was Indiana, and Indiana was actually yeah, – so, so, yeah, uh, Okay. Damn. All right, I'll give it to you. I you can't think of anything else. The ESPN craziness. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like we should just kind of touch on it. The fact that uh, Rachel Nichols like may not have a job at ESPN soon. Um, like, do you want to explain that part of it? Because like that is a lot. Okay, so my understanding of this is that she was jealous of, I guess not Maria Taylor have the same job, and she had a better job than what Malika Andrews has, but. Yeah. He was saying that Malika Andrews had all these. Not Malika, things. Maria Taylor. Oh yes, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Taylor. Everyone had, loves Malika. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I got confused because both of them were on air at the same time last night. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maria Taylor. She, Rachel Nichols was pissed because Maria Taylor apparently had all these advantages to get hired because of diversity, but. The thing is, Nichols also like has some family connection thing going that yeah. that like I don't really know much about, but that it was clear that like that was also a factor. So um, Rachel Nichols, if you don't know, is the host of the Jump. Um, she does a lot of sideline stuff for ESPN, um, interviewing coaches, that kind of thing. So they actually pulled her from the finals last night, so she will not be on the sideline at all. She's still going to be hosting the Jump though, um, for now. For now, but we could see that change, I guess, like right At before the end of the season. It would be like a good time. I don't really know when they yeah. would. Maybe it's like a contract thing whenever her thing yeah. or something like that. There's there's probably some some more complicated stuff there, but that was sort of the story. Um, and then Woj actually complained that she was a team player, which I thought was hilarious. That was the best part of it by far. Like, oh, man. I don't even – I can't imagine him being like – like, I, I, what goes into that? Like, isn't he just, like, sitting there, like, on his phone? Like, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know what that means. To have, like, some talent to, like, be able to, like, talk to – like, it's hard. Everything From everything I've heard, it actually is, like, difficult to, like, be on, like, the this round ta- those roundtable shows where you're having, oh, like sure. – go off script and stuff like that. And, but yeah. I feel like the team player part of it, like how much are they really working together? I feel like they're just like, he's just like reporting whatever he has to say. And then like Rachel asks him a question. I don't really know. Like that part was funny to me. Cause I don't really understand that. Um, and then you, you mentioned something about Woj and like, Amin El Hassan. Oh yes. Amin El Hassan. I believe this morning because Woj was kind of ripping into Rachel and Amin has apparently been helped by Rachel in the past. Amin was kind of sticking up for Rachel. Yeah. Um, I saw that. The initials. Yeah. You saw that stuff. And then this morning, apparently Amin goes on Twitter and he's like, Hey, look at Woj. He's actually like, I guess the bad teammate quote, like, quote, quote, I don't know. Uh, but like, he, uh, Woj is a guy that, like, will step on other people's shoes and will hold down other people that are, like, trying to be insiders or, like, local reporters, stuff like that. Um, which, again, like, I, I don't know how much truth there is to that. Like, I can see it in a certain way that, like, definitely, like, Woj has a lot of access and, like, Woj has in the past, I guess, like, 
kind of threatened people like hey like if you don't give me the scoop then like you're gonna get like bad coverage and like there are certain teams that like Woj you can kind of tell has like a bad slant too um but like I, I don't like that, calling out Woj just feels kind of weird because like Woj has like I mean he has the connections and like I don't think he's really like too worried about a lot of these little guys unless like a meme knows like a lot that we don't know like publicly um I, I just don't really see it um he's also just like I mean, he, he doesn't strike me as a guy that, that is that like I guess like cutthroat in that way and like he obviously he has to be to be like an insider to a certain degree but like I just can't really see him doing that and like holding down people and like I, I just don't see it to be honest I, with you. <laughs> who else at ESPN is like getting the scoops like I don't really know, I don't know. like it feels like it's kind of like ESPN versus Sham versus Shams versus like Chris Haynes yeah like pretty yeah. much Steven- Amin, said, Amin said something about how like Woj will be like hey just like stick my name on the byline and then so it's like a Woj and like Malika Andrews or something. Okay. Yeah, because Wo- Woj and I guess Zach Lowe gets stuff and Windhorse gets stuff. Yeah. But well, like at the same time, it's like wouldn't you like if you're one of those guys, like wouldn't you want Woj's name on it too? Right? Like yeah. I, I'm more inclined to believe it if it's like Woj and X. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That feels really weird. But there's a lot of like internal strife going on at ESPN. <laughs> it makes sense if the, he's talking, if if it's for, like, the people that are, like, lower on the totem pole. Yeah. But, like, I feel like Windhorst and, like, Zach Lowe, like, I don't really know, like, how much higher that, like, Zach Lowe is kind of, like, he's Zach Lowe. Like, he's not, like, yeah. I don't think he wants to be, like, the reporter. He's just kind of, like, doing his doing his thing and doing his articles, and he's happy where yeah. he is. Like the same could be said for Windhorst, where he's kind of just like the LeBron know it all and in all the other stuff he does. So, yeah, I, I do think it's I think think that's weird. Um, but I think that's kind of all there is to it. Just wanted to mention that. Um, we've one question from Instagram today. One. So, I mean, honestly, like the timing of this is weird because I think I posted it like before the game happened. So, like. If people had questions about the game, they probably already saw it, so they didn't go back to it, which I understand. But this is our question. Um, I don't even know who this is, honestly. Let me. Oh, no, we don't know. You might know him. Let me see. Isaac. Oh, Isaac Rue. Yes, he's Syracuse kid. Okay, got it. Um, he asks, should Dame leave? I would say yes. If so, what? I would also say yes. Probably. So, what team could put together the right package? Okay, we've talked about this a little bit before, so we can do this one quickly. But, um, you know, I think I think the Warriors could do it. I think Philly could do it. I think Boston could do it. Boston could do it. I don't think they will do it. Yeah. No. If, uh, if you were a Boston fan, would you want that? Yeah, Jalen Brown, of course. Yeah. Like yeah, get rid of Jalen Brown. Um, I, I don't even know who else you'd throw in there, but like wh- whatever Portland wants, I, I just don't know what else Portland would yeah. want. Like a pick and like I guess one of your like backup bigs, like a Grant Williams type, maybe I don't know. Well, if, if it's him, then sure. Like it. Yeah. If they want if they want him and Robert Williams, I start to like. Because I think, but like I mean, you got to get over the hump, and like Dame gets you over the hump. I yeah. Think. I agree. You know? And like, I just don't like the team they have right now is not winning. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're not, they're just not getting out of the East. Um, so yeah, like I, I think you got to go for it. Like if they, as long as they don't want, I guess like Brown and smart, which they might want, but like even then I might be inclined to do it and just kind of fill in the pieces around there. Cause like, if you get a chance to pair Dame with Jason Tatum, like I think you gotta try and pair yeah. Him. I just don't. I, yeah. Even as part of this, just makes it so weird. Like I don't really know what he likes, what he doesn't like, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think those are the main three teams. I don't really know. The Heat or the, the outside? Heat. Okay, yeah, but the Heat, like, they're not trading all Bam. The young guys. They're not trading Jimmy. I don't even think Portland would do it for all the young guys. If it's like like hero none, 
Hero, nine and Robinson. And Robinson. Yeah. I don't even think that's enough. I don't. Uh, they could probably throw in. Do they have any young wings right now? A Chua? Do you throw in the Chua? I, I think it, I would. Those four guys? Jeez. I'd probably do it for those guys. Like if I'm Portland and if I'm uh, the Heat, right? I guess, yeah, I guess if you go rebuild mode, but that's not that's not a bad place to start with Portland. Oh, yeah. All this Portland stuff, like I'm only doing any of this if I'm like also trading CJ. Like, Yeah, like I'm blowing it all and I, I just don't know if that's where they're at. I would think that's, I would think that's like the smart they're thing. They're gonna run it back for like the fifth time. I don't get it. Like, I, I, I'm not even right. Like, if you're doing a trade and you still have CJ after that, like your team's just not gonna be as good as it was. Uh, yeah. So it's like, what's the point? I don't know. If, I don't know what their thinking is on that. But yeah, I think you could get a lot of young good pieces back for CJ and Dame. And I think you gotta like pull the trigger now rather than like have them leave in either like free agency or like when their trade value like goes down a little bit, especially with CJ. I don't know. I think he's gotta get rid of him. Yeah. I don't think Nurkic signs back there. I don't like, I don't think they're competing next year for much more than like a play in spot in a first round exit. Oh, I think like the West is gonna be. Yeah, you know, we always say this, but like it's going to be probably better than it was because it's just yeah like, the recycling of talent. Like the team, like who is getting like like a lot worse in the West? Like no all, like like the Warriors will be better, the Grizzlies will be better. Sacramento, even Sacramento might be better actually. But it's like like you're not even worried about Sacramento at that point. You're worried about like oh you're like, worried about those yeah the bubble teams yeah no worried about, like like. You know Dallas and it, it, like New Orleans, they might get worse. Unfortunately, <laughs> we got we got issues. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> San Antonio is probably getting better still too. Hey, maybe we could make a play for Dame with Ingram and some stuff. It's not crazy. I just don't like to play. Like I don't blame him. So um, that's where we're gonna leave you with some pessimism. For the Pelicans. Um, we will be back probably. So game two is going to be Thursday. So we will be back probably after game three. Yeah, like post weekend. That will give us Yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think it's necessary to do it after every single game. So um yeah, we we can we can do something it. crazy happens. Yeah, like yeah. It, <laughs> Regardless of if it's like two zero or one one, I'm gonna be like yeah. probably feeling similarly. So yeah, uh, yeah, okay. If if, if Milwaukee uh, comes out and like, I don't even know what they could do <laughs> if they like blitz us for like a thirty point win or something. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll be worried. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all we have. So enjoy this grand finals that you that you've gotten after this. Pretty average playoffs, so here we go.